0: What's up, QAA listeners? The fun games have begun. I found a way
1: to connect to the internet. I'm sorry, boy. 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 Welcome, listener, to the 67th chapter of the QAnon Anonymous podcast,
2: the John Solomon episode. As always, we are your hosts, Jake Rokitansky, Julian Field, and Travis View. When Sean Hannity, Trump, and Q get together to play poker like those dogs in the painting, Sometimes they get talking faves. Did you know, for example, that Sean Hannity's favorite toothpaste is a mix of cement and dog shit? Or that Q prefers Dairy Queen restrooms? Or that Trump's favorite color is Parmesan? Wild stuff. But there's one thing they always agree on, and that's investigative reporters. All three of them simply love a guy called John Solomon who writes for The Hill, which is essentially a CVS receipt squeezed through a garbage compactor. (laughs) If you've heard the name John Solomon recently, it's probably because he's been mentioned multiple times by witnesses in the impeachment inquiry. You know, that really interesting event on television that is totally worth watching. Uh, It turns out John, slipped information by human scream mask Rudy Giuliani, has been feeding red pills to our big, spongy president, and it may have started this whole Ukraine thing in the first place. So for this episode, Travis is going to guide you through that beautiful mess, which Jake will follow with a lost John Solomon article he happens to have gotten his
3: little mitts on. But first... QAnon News. First up, we have a MateGate update, and of course, uh, MateGate refers to the uh, scandal in Australia, where the uh, prime minister there apparently has a cozy relationship with the uh, QAnon pusher Burned Spy. Uh, So apparently last year, Australia concluded a five-year investigation into child sexual abuse at religious and state-run institutions. Uh, that were responsible for keeping children safe. Um, in response to that inquiry's findings, Prime Minister Scott Morrison offered an apology to child sex abuse survivors on behalf of Australia.
2: I apologize to you on behalf of Hillary Clinton. Right. <laughs> uh,
3: but according to uh, the Australian publication Crikey, which has been following the story, uh, the Prime Minister's use of a specific phrase has raised questions about the influence that his QAnon-pushing friend has on him. So, uh, the phrase that Morrison used is ritual abuse, which isn't commonly used by sexual abuse victims or their advocates, but is commonly used by QAnon followers who think that the sicko elites use children in their satanic rituals.
2: It fucking rules that for that speech he just had
3: John Carpenter soundtrack going. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Scott Morrison's office uh, claimed that they got the phrase from victim advocates. However, members of a panel of survivor advocates actually that advised the government said that they weren't. And this is what one of them said. We were consulting with victim groups. And if that had come up
1: at all, we would have got rid of it. If anything, it would have been don't use this.
2: Yeah, no, no shit. So, Ritual um, abuse. Mm-hmm. That is some Christian people standing around in a kitchen kind of shit. <laughs>
3: Also reported by Crikey is that uh, in the hours before Morrison's address to Parliament, Burnt Spy sent a text to a colleague that said, I think Scott is going to do it.
2: He just meant like a handstand while eating a hot dog, Mm. which is what they do down there. (laughs) Sure. Yeah, or maybe he was like about to beat the final boss in Dark Souls or something. Probably. Everybody gather around Scott's place. He's yeah. He's got the yeah. People think he's dumb and like a right wing hack, but the reality is he's just always tired from playing Dark Dark Souls all night.
3: Mm-hmm. Shortly after the speech, Burn Spy posted a tweet that called special attention to the phrase. He said this in that tweet: "What a great speech at Scott
1: Morrison MP acknowledging the victims of ritual abuse." View at
3: 6.06 in clip below. So <laughs> so this is a very strange situation. So it looks like a yeah. major world leader is being directly influenced by a QAnon promoter. And it's not Trump. Which is man? Um, this is
2: a paranoid conspiracy theory. Travis is trying to start. Like, this, come, this on. Is,
4: there's, come on, come on, man! I think there's the preponderance of the evidence
3: <laughs> demands.
2: Get, get your feedback on the <laughs> ground. <laughs> <laughs>
3: like what? Like I understand why this isn't like a bigger scandal. I yeah. feel like feel like this is like you know if like uh, if like an out. Yeah, I I don't know. I guess I suppose yeah. I suppose you know in in our, in our government. You know we have. Um, bad people who are influencing the president. Um, but um, it, it's, it's, it's wild to me. Like a QAnon promoter is like changing the words that a world... Le- Why isn't there people freaking out about this? Well, you know yeah. what?
1: I, I don't know if it's such a bad thing. Look, you, you've got the people who you know in a democracy the people sort of you know dictate the policy and look you've got one
2: guy and, I, I would, and his policy is making his way you know to the parliament i mean i, I would hate to to see uh, the world after maybe like a couple hundred years of christian extremists uh, directly controlling multiple uh, big governments and maybe even directing armies like that would be a really hard place to live in right if that had been happening since uh Oh, well, let's see. Uh,
1: those... Well, I mean, according to John Tidor, that is uh, what the future holds for us. Ah, the future, he's, huh? he's very... John
2: Tidor was able to see all the way back to the 1500s. He Incredible. was very,
1: yeah, very content there, it seemed.
2: Yeah, I mean, they literally committed genocide on multiple continents because they believed that God sent them as the chosen people to, like, harvest the earth for their profit.
3: Is this so much crazier? I suppose when you put things in perspective, like,
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, as long as we keep, uh, you know, rubbing our bullets in, uh, you know, pork grease or whatever so that we can win this holy war, you know.
3: Uh, for our second story, uh, there are have been a handful of uh, Q drops this week, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm going to focus in on just two of them. And one of them was another Q proof. You know, Q keeps dropping the new Q proofs. And I think I've said this before, but if you meet someone online and two years later, they're still trying to prove that they're real, then you are being catfished, obviously. Yeah. So on a drop on November 19th, Q referenced an earlier drop in February of this year, which said
0: this in part. Step four. Open new and fake and false investigations as chairman of the House Intel Com to retain disinformation campaign designed to keep liberal slash D americans on board to regain power and prevent prosecution.
3: So here, Q is implying that back in February, Q predicted that the chairman of the House Intel Committee, Congressman Adam Schiff, would open the currently ongoing impeachment inquiry. And, of course, there are a couple of problems there. Firstly, uh, that February Q drop came a few days after Congressman Schiff announced Mm -hmm. the House investigation into Russian interference on February 6th. Which was separate from the special counsel investigation. So that that House, hold on, <laughs> it, that House investigation is obviously the new investigation that he was referring to. The God. other problem is that Congress. Can you
2: imagine jacking off with no lube and no porn and no dick? That's like what the Democrats <laughs> do every day. What do you mean? What do you mean no dick? Just
1: airing it? Like you no. like you're
2: playing an air guitar? You're just All taking right. your knuckles and you're scraping them against a wall. You're just until you're bloody, and it doesn't. It hurts. Oh, you're. Oh,
1: I see. You're standing against like a stucco and, wall with little you sharp still, you with still little sharp pokey's oh, coming out. I'm about to come,
2: I'm a, but you're never going to. You're never going to. It's boring.
1: You're just gonna. And also, Adam
2: Schiff. Hey, I gotta give this one to Trump. He's got creepy fucking eyes. (laughs) I don't enjoy his whole vibe. I fucking don't like him. He's shifty as fuck. He's shifty shift. You know what? His vibe sucks. (laughs) He sucks. I hate him. I'm gonna be honest. And you know (laughs) what? I'll say something else. (laughs) I'll say something
1: else. His district (laughs) is a fucking pit. Just if (laughs) you took if you put if you put one iota of the effort that you have into fucking impeaching Trump into fucking cleaning up your fucking district. Dude. Like I wouldn't have to. I wouldn't have to see just the fucking oh, saddest, man. the saddest uh, representations of humanity. Is just
3: so bummed out right now. Sorry, it it Sounds, sounds like, like your beef something. is with local and state government and not federal government. Yeah, they, get it they, together, they Jake. That, um,
2: I was always on Travis's side for this one, by the what?
3: way. Yeah, no. uh, <laughs> fuck you,
2: Jake. I'm. I'm. Stop talking shit about Shifty, 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 Shifty. I'm
1: almost positive that what? Schiff has something to do with. The uh,
2: degradation of the quality of uh, the- Schiff always looks like he's trying. He's he woke up in the middle of the night because he he needs to pee. He went to the fridge and he's trying to stare at the label in the back. <laughs> to see. You know to see he, what it is. Is it expired? Is it expired yet? And the, yeah. that's the eyes he's always doing. <sighs> I mean, come on! Can we not get? Pe- can we? Is it so hard to get uh, someone that looks human up there? Or do we have to keep putting up with Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, and Adam Schiff? No. Can just, we get someone with a normal human face? No. Just Can three, we get someone who isn't wearing a mask fucking, of someone else?
1: No. It's three fucking <laughs> skeletons. It's three. You know what? It's three uh, yeah. early '90s action figures. Jake, that we th-
2: need you to play the, the, the entire paint- Democratic Party. What the, do you think? We're gonna paint- put you up there. You have a beautiful face. People love you. People write in. They say they love you. I've been hearing it, they've been saying it, we need you to be the entire Democratic Party. Man,
1: I would be, it would be a waste to put me in in that kind of position of I would power. like to put you in, in a questions. nice
2: AOC-style suit and marry you. I would
1: ask, like, dumb philosophical questions, like, what does all of it matter?
2: It's <laughs> got <laughs> yeah, useless, useless. All right, Travis, you're up. <laughs> Fuck it. So, uh,
3: the other problem with this Q-proof is that Congressman Schiff didn't open the impeachment inquiry in any sense uh, the individual responsible for opening the inquiries, obviously uh, Speaker Pelosi, uh, and she did that back in uh, September. So, um, yeah, actually, I confronted this with a, someone, a Q follower in my mentions, who who is trying to say that this was a Q proof. It's like, well, the, the Q is trying, if you're saying here that the uh, Q is saying that Schiff opened the impeachment inquiry, then Q is wrong. And the response was, oh, but Schiff is the public face of it.
2: So, Wait, so you're now calling these confrontations when you answer people in, in your Twitter Yeah, comments? yeah. It's like a battle. That. It's a battle royale. Hell yeah.
1: <laughs> Last man standing yeah. wins.
2: Yeah.
3: Hell yeah but uh, so yeah it is a I suppose it is a Q proof if you just change the meaning of all the words in the yeah. drop
2: yeah if English mm-hmm. language isn't the English language if mathematics are not mathematics if reality isn't reality then right. Q is 100% fine, correct fine. about everything if, if
3: you change reality to whatever you prefer then Q is real I'll give you that
2: done I mean done <laughs> I mean marketplace baby you go you find you buy it's yours mm-hmm. you Black, your Frida- one. Black, Friday Black Friday sale Black Friday sale on, QAnon, sale on people the are marketplace busting, of realities busting into the, <laughs> in the doors they've got it is is very Cheap, hey, easy to use. Seventy percent off your next illusion. <laughs> yeah,
1: they've got a hundred QAnons just stacked at the front of the store, just ready to be taken.
2: Right. They all look shoddier than the last. Like like the Chinese factory got got like uh, lazier and lazier as mm-hmm. the uh, the models uh, right the next, model numbers went up. Right next to the smart bulbs.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Now, uh, the second Q drop I want to call attention to is one which Q is criticized in the mainstream media, which is, you know, uh, and uh, I think it actually it kind of illustrates the, the kind of techniques that that cult leaders typically use. And uh, here, here's what the Q drop says. What happens when 90
0: percent of the media is controlled slash owned by six corporations? What happens when those same corporations are operated and controlled by a political ideology? What happens when the news is no longer free from bias? What happens when the news is no longer reliable and independent? What happens when the news is no longer trustworthy?
2: God, it's just so boring. What what does happen? Please, tell me what happens. Can uh, you actually just give us answers? I'm sick of the question marks.
0: No answers. More questions. <laughs> what happens when the What happens when the news is simply becomes an extension slash arm of a political party?
2: God, could you imagine that? Oh, fact wild! Fact becomes
0: fiction. Fiction becomes fact. <laughs> <laughs> when does news become propaganda? Identity creation? How does the average person, who is under constant financial stress by design, Find time to research and discern fact versus fiction. Majority of people more prone to believe someone in power sitting behind a big brand news name? Do people, human psyche, tend to follow the majority-slash-mainstream viewpoint in fear of being isolated and or shunned? I think there's actually
3: something kind of really insidious going on here, and like to be clear, there's nothing wrong with like criticizing or being skeptical of like the mainstream media. There, there actually are valid reasons to be concerned about media outlets being consolidated under the control of a handful of big corporations. Yeah, there are valid
2: reasons to march them all to Guantanamo. Of course, of course, of course. There are valid reasons to have your (laughs) military tribunals go up those those little wooden stairs,
3: stand in a row. But uh, good faith critics of the mainstream media criticize it because they wish it would do better. Like they would imagine it would like do different things than it's doing so they could like it.
2: Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, like uh, good Yeah, good investigative journalism, yes. speaking truth to power, yes. not limiting the, your editorial
3: line. Those sorts of things. I wish you would do that. So that's not what Q is doing here. Yeah. So Q is fostering distrust in the mainstream media that's in, right. in order to encourage Q followers to turn away from all sources of information that aren't directly related to Q which is a different kind of goal.
2: Yeah, what ha- What happens when people who are under financial stress don't have time to read QMAP.pub every <laughs> single day and match it with the Drudge Report and Fox News?
3: So i re- I, I really, really interested in that last line, which says, uh, do people tend to follow the majority-slash-mainstream viewpoint in fear of being isolated and or shunned? So... Q is telling followers to stop being afraid of being isolated and shunned because Q wants followers to be isolated and shunned by their friends and family. Mm-hmm. And that's because people who are isolated and shunned are easier to manipulate and control. So Q here is engaging in a common uh, thought reform technique commonly used by authoritarian regimes and cults. And this technique is known as milieu control. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. Q is being actively knowingly abusive and harmful here. I mean this is kind of partly why I I kind of object when people say oh maybe Q was just some sort of uh trolling 14-year-old in his basement or something. I mean he could also be. Uh, I guess, but there's something kind of sophisticated going on here. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Is that there's something where 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 the Q uh, Q obviously understands that he needs to uh or they yeah. need to need to uh con- separate the um basically there all the people under Q's control from other other family members and other sources of information to isolate them mm. so they're more malleable and they, they are more uh, easier to influence. Yeah. He, he, so. must be, he must believe
1: that he's losing control. There must be some kind of internal data maybe that they're seeing that, that it's 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 well, not maybe the hiatus, you, you know, uh, took a toll on their on their membership. No, but this uh, is exactly what the
2: Democrats do. It's, it's like, oh, yeah, Trump is losing control. That's why his language is slipping. But it's been slipping for three years. Q yeah, yeah, was yeah, never not exactly like this. That yeah, that's yeah, yeah. true. But he doesn't—he
1: doesn't reference directly being like be isolated from your loved ones, like so I can separate and dominate. Like it's—I don't yeah. know. I—I agree with Travis. There's—there's there's a little something more insidious here, which to me indicates—and this is just my my opinion—but it indicates that they're worried about they're worried about people looking at other sources of information. Perhaps that has to do with the upcoming IG report. That uh, initial initial impressions are not as uh, damning as uh, you know Q followers would hope to believe. It's, That's it's,
2: true. That's true. That it, is a
1: thing. It's funny though. It's what's happening now. It's just like. We're seeing the exact same thing play out that happened for the Mueller report, like that now it's happening for this OIG report. Like, I was following, I was looking at, at some of the blue checks on Twitter, and they are like, ha ha, fucking Q-tards, like, you fu- like, what do you think now? Like, you've been awfully quiet today, like, your precious OIG, and it's like, you're doing the exact same thing that the Q people did during the Mueller, oh, what do you say now? What do you say now, blue check mark, Mueller report not finding exactly what you think, and the Q people are going, oh well, that's not the Full report. Let's wait for the and the Mueller people were like, well, hold on, let's wait for the full report. It's just ah, ah, everybody's in a fucking time loop. Ah, it's driving me crazy. Ah! (laughs) Oh my god. Oh wow. All right. Uh, Okay. Okay. Sorry. 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 Destroying my ears over here. I'm sure the listener appreciates it. Okay. Now he's red. Uh, He's
2: running his hands down his face. Oof. Lost control for a small moment. But yeah, yeah, Um, aren't you guys going to ask me how my vacation went? Fuck you, dude. (laughs) We got more important things to talk about, like different. Different sides oh, doing, the same right. doing the same. You, that's because you don't know that we hit an owl with a Cadillac Escalade. What? Yes, you piece of shit. Do you know how precious those <laughs> birds are? Now, wait a second. <laughs> Let me tell you the story. Okay. So my French friend, uh, he's, let's call him Pierre. Sure Pierre is in town and he heard that you know American cars are very cool, Cadillac whatever. Uh-huh. So they upgraded him to an escalade and he was like, I'm gonna do a road trip in like this cool American car hell got, yeah, that's you know, what whatever. you do. In
1: America, you get a better car than yeah. you can afford. So it's night, and you take and it for a little bit. We're heading back from back.
2: eating some food and a little like silver shape comes out the side of the underbrush and wham. And we're like, holy shit! Was that like a rabbit or something? And then we're like pulling into the driveway of the place, uh, the cabins that we were staying at, yeah. and a wing just raises itself just at the end of the hood, and we're like, uh, what the fuck? So then we stop the car right before we reach the cabin. I turn, I, I, I go around, and in the grill of the Escalade, there is just a bird's body, but, like, the head is inside the car, so you just see the whole wingspan open, right? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, we hit a bird or whatever.
1: Then, is it big, though? How big is the wingspan? Then
2: it's, like, like this big. What okay, is that in inches? Uh, it's a, it's inches? a foot and know. a half, I would yeah, say. You know, whatever. Okay. So, uh, no, it's less than that, less than that. Uh, but, but yeah, so then the wings f- start moving. We're like, holy shit, it's fucking alive. It folds and goes into the, into the grill, behind the grill like oh my fucking god the grill by the way of an escalade is a piece of shit american cars are built like absolute shit now it's plastic the entire fucking thing is plastic including the chrome and it breaks uh very easily so i look into the grill and i see two eyes just looking back at me and i'm like oh it's a fucking owl and we were unable to reach this owl, who was now in the grill. We obviously stopped the car and shit. And there's no way to remove the grill from the front. Like right. it's all like push, push, screw, or not even screws. Like push things, plastic, all plastic, whatever. Finally, we, we after two hours, we called the SPCA. We had them coming. We sawed a square, like a big ass square. Like we sawed through the front grill of this Cadillac Escalade.
1: That he had rented? <laughs> that he
2: had rented. Oh my God. He's fully God. covered. He's fully right, covered. Right, he right. was fine. He was fine. But we sawed a, a perfect square in the front, and the SPCA came and she reached in and pulled out the cutest little owl oh. a screech owl. Is about the size of my hand, and the reason oh why I'm not—I don't sound bad about it—is because the SPCA took him in. He had no broken bones. He had a concussion, and he had some blood build up behind one eye. Uh-huh. And the eye is getting better. It is now being moved to exterior, uh, like area oh, wow. in the SPCA to to do some exercise. It might hunt again. Uh, in fact, updates about the owl. Yes. I call the SPCA to get updates on the God, owl. You're such a kind soul. I also, wow. I also decided, uh, to try to adopt the owl. Oh, uh, I had on. the idea that I, that, that if, cause if the owl was going to be put down because of the fact that it wasn't gonna be able to hunt, which was a possibility, it's not looking like it's going to happen. Uh, I was like, well, we're going to adopt the owl. I'm going to call it Moloch and it's going to become the podcast, uh, you know the the podcast oh my mascot God, that
1: would be so can you imagine it was what so the cute, cute people would say if they were like they yeah they're gonna lose have, their mind they have an actual they actually owl they have an
2: owl in their studio Moloch exactly so Moloch uh it is in fact illegal to uh own wildlife like Moloch I was told by the SPCA lady who had a good laugh as well when I said that mm-hmm. um but Moloch seems to be doing uh better and hopefully Moloch will be hunting again um soon so and that his
1: depth, so they're worried about the eye because of his depth perception in yeah. terms of hunting okay. he might
2: they thought he might lose sight in one eye and that that would uh stop him yeah. from hunting and basically surviving yeah so um but uh yeah so we'll, well see man i keep everyone updated about Moloch. don't they have a little place where they can just like feed him mice and stuff yeah the spca can't just like hold uh animals indefinitely i think Oh, well, that, that that's reserved for the government with humans. They should change. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I, I'll give you all updates on okay. Moloch uh, and uh, pray. Uh, keep Moloch in your prayers, please. Okay. So what we're telling the audience is pray to Moloch.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Very literally, this is coded
2: language. Pray to Moloch, your owl god. Thank you.
0: John Solomon.
3: Today, we're going to be looking at the work of uh, John Solomon, whose writing and commentary have arguably helped trigger the chain of events that led to Trump's impeachment inquiry. Uh, Solomon's columns were referenced in the whistleblower c- complaint, and um, Solomon has been mentioned multiple times during the impeachment hearings during this past week. Uh, here is Republican Congressman Devin Nunes defending Solomon during those hearings.
4: Since the Democrats switched from Russia to Ukraine for their impeachment crusade, Solomon's reporting on Burisma, Hunter Biden, and Ukraine election meddling has become inconvenient for the Democratic narrative, and so the media is furiously smearing and libeling Solomon. In fact, the publication The Hill told its staff yesterday it would conduct a review of Solomon's Ukraine reporting coincidentally the decision comes just three days after a democrat on this committee told a hill writer that she would stop speaking to the hill because it had run solomon's stories and she urged the writer to relay her concerns to hill's management so now that solomon's reporting is a problem for the democrats it's a problem for the media as well like to submit for the record john solomon's october 31st story entitled debunking some of ukraine scandal myths about biden and election interference i encourage viewers today to read this story and draw your own conclusions about the evidence solomon has gathered
3: i suppose it's flattering for a journalists to have their work mentioned in, you know in the halls of congress but um, mm-hmm. i don't know maybe not like this
4: i love it
2: yeah as yeah. everything goes to trash it's it matters less. Like, this could be a hearing about a legitimate journalist that people are pissed off because he blew the whistle on something. Yeah. Or it could be a complete smear merchant idiot that is talking crap. And it's Im- almost impossible for the viewer to know the difference. And, I have know, no... I have depending no re- on your side... Reference yeah. point anymore. Yeah, there's Every, no reference point.
1: Everything is fake. Everything is real. I have no... I I, I
2: have reached peak... Uh, peak... uh, peak, uh See, this is right where we want you. We want you nicely tenderized because we're going to put you on a spit, and we're going to twist you around yeah. a little bit and just eat little chunklets of I'm you. I'm just,
1: I guess, I'm just ready to accept anything that seems like it could be
2: right.
3: Oh, that is so. That's wow. That's so different that's than you zen, before. That's such a open-minded. You're just accepting of all.
2: <laughs> yeah, you've got the beginner's mind. Yeah, I've. Got, <laughs> I've got.
1: No, I'm yeah. I'm in the intermediate class now, where all where all timelines seem. Uh, seem potentially yeah. Uh, See you as a listener, real.
2: like you're like okay, I know stuff. So your bowl is full, so you don't you can't receive anything from the master. Yeah, but Jake's bowl is empty, and and that's a state of mind so that he's always receptive to new information, and it's always quality information. So
1: yeah, it's like when you it's like when you've you've skimped out a little bit on the size of your Xbox hard drive. Uh-huh. and when a new sure. and when a new game comes along that you really want to play you uh-huh. have to delete some older games that you maybe haven't yeah. been so in my case it's Oh, if there's education. an if there's an education or a piece of knowledge that <laughs> okay. I haven't used for a while, I, it's, I'm gonna delete it to make space for this new and exciting piece of education that um, yeah. that I haven't decided I don't like quite yet.
3: Q also obviously loves John Solomon and, and has for a while. In fact, uh, Solomon has been referenced in fifteen Q drops. Uh, the first mention from Q was all the way back in December 2017. Uh, that Q drop referenced both John Solomon and another reporter beloved by Fox News, Sarah Carter. And here's what it says:
0: Why are Sarah and John getting all the real scoops? Expand your thinking. Why are they now under protection?
1: Q. I love that he uses their first names like they're super casual. It yeah. almost sounds like Tight. Some, like a fucking nursery rhyme, like um.
0: Sarah and John went up the hill t- to fetch a pail of children.
3: <laughs> so uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go a bit into Solomon's history, his main claims have been causing such a stir and what I think that Solomon's role is in our info hellscape. Uh, so just a warning, we're going to get a bit into the weeds here and also probably mispronounce some Ukrainian names. So uh, Solomon is unique amongst reporters uh, loved by the far right, and he actually has solid mainstream credentials. Like he started his career by working for the Associated Press for nearly 20 years. And while he was there, he did some undeniably good reporting. Uh, For example, Solomon led a team of Associated Press reporters to investigate the terrorist attacks of 9-11 and the government's missed opportunities to detect and prevent them uh, that work won him a Grambling Award for journalism. The Gremlin Award? That sounds great. <laughs> Solomon also ex- uh, exposed some outright lies about the preparation for Hurricane Katrina from President uh, George W. Bush. Yeah, because he's deep state. Hmm. Ah, good point. In 2006, Solomon reported on a leaked videotape which revealed that Bush was informed that uh, Katrina could breach levees and overwhelm rescuers, contradicting claims from Bush that they didn't anticipate that the levees would be breached. Hmm. Now He he also, Solomon, makes really great ski boots. Now, this is not to say that his reporting has been without controversy. Uh, The most common accusation lobbed at Solomon is that he has a habit of omitting context that makes non-stories seem like huge scandals. For example, in 2006, Solomon reported that Senate Democratic leader Harry Reid accepted free ringside tickets from the Nevada Athletic Commission to three professional boxing matches while that state agency was trying to influence Senator Reid on federal regulations about boxing. Uh, The story was technically accurate, but the reporting failed to mention that just a few months after those boxing matches, uh, Harry Reid allowed boxing regulation uh, legislation to pass uh, this is legislation that the Nevada Athletic Commission openly opposed, and this was in line with Reed's long-stated support of more federal regulation of boxing. So, so that's kind of a
2: bad deal for them. They invited him, and they're like, this is good. He's coming. He's coming. Yeah. He's he just enjoy- send him more popcorn. Motherfucker. He yeah. didn't vote for <laughs> yeah, it didn't. What the fuck? He was so, like, thanks for the boxing
1: matches, this just
2: This just proves that Harry Reid has the memory of a goldfish. And <laughs> he's
3: <laughs> unable to carry out the quid pro quo. Right. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like like keeping an eye on lobbying and special interest is a good thing. But in this instance, there just wasn't much evidence of corrupt influence. And Solomon's reporting omitted important relevant details. Mm. So um, a 2012 article in the uh, Columbia Journalism Review about Solomon, actually said this about him. Solomon has a
2: history of bending the truth to his storyline. As a reporter for the AP and the Washington Post, he dug up his share of genuine dirt, but he also was notorious for massaging facts to conjure phantom scandals. I love to massage facts to conjure phantoms.
3: So after Solomon left the Associated Press in 2007, he worked briefly as a national investigative correspondent for the Washington Post. In 2008, he accepted a position as the executive editor of the Washington Times. Just shows you how this
2: shit goes. I mean, yeah. the Washington Times is, is complete trash. The Post is reprehensible and probably, you know, in the pocket of, uh, of of an intelligence agency. But the Washington Times is like, reads
3: like fucking Breitbart at this point. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. The interesting thing about the Times is that it's a paper that was founded and owned by the— Col- by the cult of the Unification Movement, oh, hell yeah. which was founded <laughs> like by the Korean religious leader Sung Gong Moon.
5: Okay, and uh,
3: that's rude. And he's, he's, uh, he's claimed that uh, he is the second coming of Christ. Um, oh, yeah. While Solomon was at the Washington Times, he apparently helped modernize the style guide. Uh, for example, he stopped the paper's practice of just using the single word Hillary when referring to then-Senator Hillary Clinton And to stop putting the word marriage in quotes when using the expression gay marriage. Oh, well, you got to take the victories when they come, you know. (laughs) Uh, After this, he bounced around to a few different media outlets before joining uh, The Hill as an executive vice president uh, of digital video. Apparently, this was this was his official title. Uh, But of course, he also wrote a lot of investigative pieces for that publication. After Solomon joined the Hill, that publication's staffer started complaining that uh, his reporting failed to tell the whole story. Uh, Many of these complaints were launched in reaction to a December 2017 report that read, Exclusive, Prominent Lawyer Sought Donor Cash for Two Trump Accusers. So the gist of this article is that prominent California lawyer Lisa Bloom worked to secure payments for women who, quote, made or considered making sexual misconduct allegations against Donald Trump during the final months of the 2016 presidential race. This article was treated like a bombshell on Fox News and elsewhere as proof that Trump's accusers were just in it for the cash. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um... Solomon's article, the details in that article, were technically accurate, but it failed to mention that accuser financing arrangements aren't a new or uncommon thing. To cite just one example, when Paula Jones filed a harassment uh, lawsuit against Bill Clinton in 1994, she received funding from the Rutherford Institute. By omitting that context, Solomon's story cast Trump's accusers as money grubbers rather than possible victims of sexual assault who didn't have the resources themselves to get into a prolonged legal fight with the president. In May of 2018, The Hill editor-in-chief Bob Cusack announced that John Solomon's writings would no longer be considered part of the news side of the publication. Effective immediately when he writes for us, it will be as an opinion contributor,
2: so that the proof that uh, <laughs> that uh, opinion columns are just written by bad journalists. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you get that, ba- if your standards fall enough, it's yeah. like ah, we'll move you to the opinion column. Yeah. It's
1: like we don't necessarily want to want to completely black out the information that you've mm-hmm. brought us, but uh, we we won't uh, we won't parade it around as as total
3: fact. John yeah, Solomon
2: right. will be sleeping on the couch, and we <laughs> will not have any children together uh, <laughs> anymore.
3: So despite that uh, title change, he continued to write so-called investigative pieces. He also continued to be introduced as a investigative reporter whenever he appeared on Fox News, which he does very frequently. Yeah. Uh, Solomon left the Hill in September under circumstances that neither he nor the Hill have fully described. So most of the recent controversy around John Solomon revolves around his reporting around Ukraine. Specifically, the US, uh, about the U.S. ambassador to Ukraine, M- Marie Yovanovitch, and Hunter Biden, the son of Joe Biden, who works for the Ukrainian company Burisma.
2: And who hits that crack pipe like a king
3: yeah.
1: uh-huh, and has an illegitimate oh, yes. child That's
2: right.
3: somewhere. That's right. Hunter <laughs> just Biden Just like Drake. No, not just somewhere.
2: <laughs> just like Drake. <laughs> yeah. Biden yeah. Was, uh,
3: was in the news actually just this week for having a weak pullout game. <laughs> uh, a court filing stated that a DNA test established that Hunter is the father of a of an Arkansas woman's baby. So. Mazel Tov, Grandpa Joe!
2: Oh my God! Are you telling me he's the father of Chelsea Clinton? <laughs> this is incredible!
1: I just took a DNA test. Turns out I'm a hundred percent fucking dad's presidential run.
3: <laughs> forty nine years old, man. You are forty nine years old, Hunter. Him he's a forty nine.
1: He's forty nine. He's
3: forty nine. So what? The what?
2: Fuck? So what if he likes to hit the pipe and bust inside? So what? <laughs>
1: But it's like, dude, dude, get your shit together. Dude,
4: hits the pipe, dude. lays the pipe, busts inside on a ride. Here's the
1: thing: is like he doesn't he has he doesn't have to be mm-hmm. in the public. Like he look he no. was, he was getting this he was getting his money he was getting his Ukrainian money. Yeah. He's, he's 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 you know he's busting he's yeah. busting nuts. His his <laughs> yeah. seat is potent. His he's 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 really dumping potent. he's dumping loads. <laughs> out, you know into the four <laughs> corners of the fucking universe.
2: He's do- he's dumping loads at, at motels near air reports around the
1: world he has no political opinions whatsoever like there's no need for him to be in the
2: public conversation whatsoever and yet here he is he does have political beliefs that if you try hard enough you can be anyone you want to be (laughs)
5: right
3: So the basic narrative that Solomon's columns allude to is really a grand George Soros conspiracy theory. Nice. And so he doesn't do all the kind of the dot connecting himself. He like he lets like Fox News hosts do that for him. Mm -hmm. But the broad narrative of his reporting basically goes like this. George Soros controls much of the foreign service of the State Department. Strongly agree. (laughs) And wants to control Ukraine. Also strongly agree. As part of this effort, Soros puppets such as Ambassador Yovanovitch sought to squash corruption investigations in Ukraine that may have implicated Soros. Joe Biden also halted corruption efforts in Ukraine by working to oust prosecutor Viktor Shokin in order to protect his son's business interests. With help from the Democratic Party, Soros also helped supposed uh, Ukrainian interference in the 2016 election by masterminding a uh, federal investigation into Paul Manafort's illicit lobbying for a pro-Russian political party in Ukraine. I know, I know, I know. This is... I said we can get to the weeds here.
2: We used to ha- we used to have cool scandals, man. That's yeah. all I have to say. You know, keep it fucking simple. Yeah. You had me at the raw dogging. <laughs> Can't we make this about DNA and paternity tests? <laughs> I wish. I yeah, want. I want Jerry so Springer. Yeah, I want anything Jerry Springer would greenlight. Jerry yeah. Springer would never do a show about this because it doesn't make any
3: sense. Yeah. But we, on the other hand, we are all about it. it. All right. So we did
1: it. We done it.
3: Let's uh. Let's. There's a lot going on there. Yeah, a lot. So let's start with uh, with, uh, uh, with the claims about the raw dogger himself. <laughs> so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's true that in 2014, Hunter Biden joined the board of an energy company called Burisma Holdings, which is owned by Ukrainian oligarch. Biden had no apparent expertise in the field, but he had helped Burisma previously as a consultant with expertise in dealing with multinational regulations. Uh, Hunter was paid about $50,000 per month through accounts linked to Burisma. So, hell
2: yeah, get that money. Get that money, uh, Yeah. B- by all the th- way,
3: this is Pride and Prejudice. Like This is
2: entire, right. it's like a 800-page book that should have been 100 pages and it's all about <laughs> he did that to him and talked that to her and I did know, this. And, and it's all just a bunch of rich people who are uninteresting and <sighs> yeah, should not already. be
3: allowed to rule over us at all. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> since they do, mm-hmm. we have to talk about this bullshit. That's fine, that's fine. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, right off the bat, obviously, the son of vice Vice President should not work for an international entity that has a stake in American foreign policy decisions. Yeah, so uh, I think that's pretty clear. Uh, sure. H- Hunter, while denying doing anything seriously unethical, even admitted that taking the job rep- represented poor judgment on his part. State Department officials also said that it at very least created the appearance of a conflict of interest. So, no is defending Hunter here? He is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're not supposed to
2: bust inside the ukraine hunter just pull out yeah just pull out go back
1: to america and fucking put it into a fucking tissue man ball ball it up (laughs) throw it behind the bed maybe your dad finds it maybe he doesn't maybe you have a conversation about it very uncomfortable
2: maybe you don't all right maybe incredibly related to your own life no no
3: So uh, to make things more complicated, while uh, Hunter was doing this, Joe Biden, while he was vice president, took responsibility of pushing uh, Ukraine's notoriously corrupt government to clean up his act Um, in December of 2015. (laughs) I love America cleaning up other people's acts. (laughs) I know. In December of 2015, Biden threatened to withhold a billion dollars in U.S. loan guarantees if Ukraine's leaders did not dismiss the country's top prosecutor, Viktor Shokin. Shokin had been accused of turning a blind eye to corruption among the elite. Shokin was subsequently voted out by the Ukrainian parliament.
2: Um, We're going to withhold money unless you rename your country uh, Hunter Biden Presents the Ukraine.
3: (laughs) (laughs) It's like
1: the sixth straight to DVD sequel. Yeah. Hunter Biden. The original movies were like Hunter Biden, and now it's like Hunter Biden presents, you know, a bunch of fucking no-names.
3: <laughs> now, all of this is further complicated by the fact that Shokin's office had oversight to any investigations into Burisma. Uh, Shokin later told John Solomon that before he was fired as prosecutor, he made specific plans for an investigation that... Included interrogations and other crime investigation procedures into all members of the executive board, including Hunter Biden. But these specific plans, assuming they're real, were apparently not made public until John Solomon reported on them nearly four years later. Um, in October, Ukraine's current chief prosecutor announced that his office would uh, conduct a wide ranging review of all previous cases involving Burisma. And uh, just this past week, Reuters reported that he was widening the investigation to include suspicion of embezzling state funds. Uh, also, this week, MAGA and QAnon Twitter accounts started circulating claims that the president of Burisma was indicted. He was not. Uh, um, This claim, which is based on a misunderstanding of an article published on an obscure wire service called the Interfax Ukraine News Agency, is not true. So um, Solomon's reporting on this issue continued his habit of omitting important context. For example, Solomon notes correctly. That when Biden joined Burisma, uh, that company was under investigation by British officials for money laundering. Now, that's true that uh, British officials froze a London bank account that contained $23 million that allegedly belonged to Burisma's owner, uh, Mykola Zlokovsky. Again, I have no uh, idea. It's, to not, it's pretty is. close. Pretty close. Yeah.
2: Zlachevsky. Okay. Zlachevsky. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> That's it. That's how it is.
3: (laughs) But Solomon failed to note that Shokin's office, the prosecutor, refused to provide documents needed in the investigation. And a British court in January ordered uh, the officials to unfreeze the assets. So when you tell the whole story, it shows how Shokin, which is the prosecutor that Joe Biden pressured to dismiss, wasn't doing enough to root out Ukrainian corruption.
2: Okay, sure.
5: Yeah, I, wait, th- so, okay. I honestly think this is so – everyone's working
2: together to put a sleeper hold on our brands. Yeah, so let I'm me so, get this he
1: – let me is. get this straight. <laughs> yeah, so, sure. So, get okay, straight, so yeah. Joe Biden's big boy yes. goes, goes to Ukraine. He gets uh-huh. a deal that he's underqualified for. But look, I mean, this is politics. They're in powerful places. He helped them with something before. It makes sense that they would be like, shit, yeah, you're connected to the fucking vice president. You helped us with some other shit. We'll put you on a retainer. That's just – Corrupt fucking uh, uh, capitalism uh, uh, as usual. Yes, like standard
3: normal corruption, though. (laughs) Right,
1: right, right. Normal awesome corruption that we all love. And so then, and so then, this. So then, this prosecutor is like, "Hey, I'm gonna prosecute. I'm tasked with prosecuting all the corruption, and I'm gonna start with." You, Joe, this company, fucking Barisma, and and maybe even the vice president's son.
2: Yeah. Keep in mind, corruption is a way to get people out of power yes. if you want to, for example, win an election like Bolsonaro did right? Uh, by investigating, quote unquote, Lula through his own State Department thingy. And so then Biden's like, yo, what's up? Like, you're
1: investigating this company that, like, my son's attached to, but, like, you're not doing enough on real fucking corruption. So, like, you're out... This I just won't give this you sounds a like Hatfields and McCoys, just two fucking rich ass families, just being like, no, nah, nah, I got yeah. have money. Nah, give me the bags. Nah.
2: Yeah, it's a uh, it's a bunch of dimwitted I, uh, adult I, children knocking into each other in a in a bouncing castle. I
1: read I read somewhere that um, maybe and maybe maybe you get to this. Stop stop me if you, if you do, but that 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 the the tricky thing is that the the investigation that Shoken launched into Burisma was, like, over and done for, like, a while before Biden was like, hey, dude, you're not doing enough, like, on this other, like, on these other corruption shit, like, that the two events are kind of, like, completely unrelated but because it's the same players they pretend like it's happening all of the, but isn't that all journal, I mean, isn't that what's happening with the fucking, like, liberals too, like CNN is, is, they're omitting certain things to make everything sound, I mean, isn't this just what we've
2: become Travis listen, I mean, are listen, we just you in know,
1: between the truth and the lie do you remember <laughs> how
2: we used to have a social safety net yes okay so now it's a new net it's a net created from the vast amount of investigations that people are doing against each other okay and when <laughs> you inevitably run out of money uh, because you caught a cold or something yeah you fall into that net and then you get wrapped in it and then a, a spider comes along and sucks your fucking blood until you're dry huh. and that blood is used to power more of these investigations. It's a way to make society function, man. Don't question it. <laughs> just just enjoy the cocoon. That is starting to make sense. The warm, enjoy the cocoon. The warm, sticky white... Kittens. That's right. You're gonna be Threads. covered in warm, sticky white... Ropes. That's right. Ropes. Lots wrap. of ropes shot all over you. <laughs> Wrapped like a cocoon.
3: (laughs) Another issue with the theory that uh, Joe Biden was uh, being corrupt and pushing for Shokin's ouster is that he wasn't the only person to push for Shokin to uh, basically out out of office. Uh, Anti-corruption groups inside of Ukraine, European Diplomats and the International Monetary Fund also complained that Shokin wasn't doing enough to prosecute corruption and wanted to replace him. So if firing Shokin was a corrupt move by Biden, you'd have to believe that somehow uh, he got the U.S. State Department, anti-corruption officials in Ukraine and the international community all to get on board with his corrupt scheme to help his obnoxious fail son. Hmm. You know,
1: well, I mean, that sounds like a rich dad to me, kind of, in some <laughs> ways. Like, it's, you know, it just yeah. like, oh, my, mean,
2: my, my boy.
3: <laughs> Joe uh, Biden sounds incredibly powerful. Yeah, but. This
2: is a bit like when your kids get rowdy in the back and they're blaming each other. You just, what you want to do is you want to put your hand back and just slap across <laughs> the entire row
3: and then just fucking let them sort it out. Another issue is that Yuri Lesensko, uh, another prosecutor general of the Ukraine, Uh, has specifically denied that Hunter Biden was the subject of any investigation. Lusensko also said this in an interview with Bloomberg in May of
1: 2019. Hunter Biden did not violate any Ukrainian laws. At least as of now, we do not see any wrongdoing. A company can pay however much it wants to its board.
2: Now please, Baba Yaga, let me go.
1: (laughs) Now please,
3: (laughs) unwrap your hands from my neck. (laughs) So um, despite the the fact that Solomon has used Lusensko as a source for several reports, he never mentioned Lysensko's very specific denial, which seems relevant if you're going to, you know, if you claim that you're investigating this matter. Yeah. So obviously I, w- I would take the stance that w- while Hunter Biden obviously parlayed his name into a cushy gig, the accusation of Joe Biden corruptly using U.S. foreign policy to advance Hunter's business interests or shield him from prosecution is... Isn't backed up by anything Joe Biden actually did.
1: Yeah, they sucked at. Fu- they didn't do anything for Ukraine. Like, it, no. there's no. There was. N- they did nothing for them. Yeah. Like, the, even even when uh, Ukraine was like getting invaded, like getting invaded by Russia, like the the United States. I mean, the Obama slash Biden administration was like, yeah, we still don't want to send you guys weapons. Like, yeah, there's there was no quid pro quo. And even even if you could be like, and look, this is me, guys. Like. I fucking hate Joe Biden, and I hate his boy. <laughs> 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 I not I don't hate his boy as much as I, because I I mean, look, I identify. I've, I've smoked crack before by accident, and what? Uh, That's no, right. I'm, I'm lying. Mom, I do remember mom, this. Mom and Dad, I'm lying. No, I, he I said didn't. it on other podcast. You no, probably already heard no, it. No, I did. not Yes, I, no, you
2: no. did say that.
1: <laughs> it was an accident. <laughs> but like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if if you're yeah. looking for, okay, mm-hmm. well, they hooked up joe biden's kid with now what did joe biden do for them absolutely nothing i mean it's what the republicans are saying about trump being like well he didn't do anything he didn't didn't give ukraine anything you know it's 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 all fucking wash
2: yeah Yeah.
3: (sighs) sorry go ahead another focus of john solomon's reporting is the u.s ambassador to ukraine marie yovanovich According to an interview that Solomon conducted with Lusensko, Yovanovitch gave Ukraine, the Ukrainian prosecutor a list of people to not prosecute during their first meeting. Here's what Lusensko said.
1: Unfortunately, from the first meeting with the U.S. ambassador in Kiev, Yovanovitch gave me a list of people who we should not prosecute. My response of that is it is inadmissible. Nobody in this country, neither our president, nor our parliament, nor our ambassador, will stop me from prosecuting whether there is a crime. It must be amazing
2: for all these other countries to deal with America's bullshit. Cause oh, it's like God. It's like, guys, we all do corruption, but, like— you like, need to fucking leave us alone. Yeah, just let like we don't us, fuck us the with fuck you guys alone. Corruption. Shut the fuck up. this like, is really boring stuff too. Like, this guys is guys like every is. This is like the poor people having to pay attention to the rich people's problems. Yeah, it's yeah. It's we like, don't fucking care. Yeah, Shut up. This is
1: this is a Judd Apatow movie. This is trying to get me to care about forty somethings who live in the fucking suburbs who have who are you know stressed out because they they can't buy the car that they
2: want. Yeah, and they're all small potatoes anyways compared to, like, you know, the Mercers, the Rupert Murdochs yeah. of the world. Like, let's talk about the big boys. Like, are yeah, you like, talking in millions? Pfft, it's like petty, America— Petty cash. It's like, America, all you do is is perpetrate
1: crimes in other countries. Like, you can't then come in and be like, hey, guys, you got to clean up all these
2: crimes. Like, we're the good guys. You know, it's, yeah. like, it's totally hypocritical. Yes, well, America likes to take a shit on the sidewalk, step in it, and then blame the person uh, walking— <laughs> Uh, At the same time, did you your dog took this shit, sir? You lit. I watched you pull down your pants and and do that shit yourself.
3: The State Department responded to Lesensko's claims by calling them an outright fabrication. Uh, He later refined his story to say that he wasn't actually given a physical list. In an interview with the Ukrainian publication The Babel, Lysensko claims that Ivanovich complained that the, about the a criminal case of a particular anti-corruption figure uh, and claimed that it undermined anti-corruption efforts, to which Lysensko responded by uh, taking a piece of paper and mockingly saying, Give me a list of inviolable persons. To which the ambassador responded, You misunderstood me. He also claims that he has a witness to this conversation, but... He
1: says that he is ready to confirm, but I do not see the point.
3: So, full disclosure, I, I am relying on Google Translate to understand the content of this published interview. <laughs> it was quite literally a Ukrainian publication. Oh, big tech. Oh, yeah. this <laughs> the soup is on my head again for supper. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, so when reporting on the story, I feel like it would be relevant to mention that uh, Lusensko changed his story about the alleged do not prosecute list and that there was an alleged witness who could confirm the changed story but doesn't confirm it for some reason. But, uh, you know, John Solomon's reporting doesn't do that.
2: Yeah, this is like when you're watching a a puppet show and the the two puppet operators uh, get into a fight backstage. (laughs) It's like, come on, guys, settle down, man. We want the
3: show to continue. Interesting. Now, according to a recent story from ProPublica, The individual who arranged the interview between John Solomon and Lusensko was Lev Parnas. Oh, And Lev Parnas is a Soviet-born businessman, most famous for being a Rudy Giuliani associate who last month was arrested and charged with planning to direct funds from a foreign government to U.S. politicians while trying to influence U.S.-Ukraine relations. In fact, Lev Parnas watched the interview between Solomon and Lusensko uh, live from inside the control room of the Hills TV studio. Lev Parnas also claimed earlier this month that he flew to Kiev to tell the Ukrainian government that it had to announce an investigation into Joe and Hunter Biden or else Vice President Mike Pence would not attend the swearing-in of the new Ukrainian president and the United States would freeze aid. Now, this claim is, of course, unconfirmed. This is what Parnas, who is – I mean – an alleged criminal is saying but uh, <laughs> Jesus say. what a
1: fucking mess I know oh god oh god I know. and it's mm-hmm. uh, just what a mess and they're impeaching all of us just, what a fucking I know mess. Oh, but it
3: certainly suggests god. that Parnas might have had a particular agenda in arranging the interview between Lusensko and Solomon." So what about the so-called Ukrainian meddling, which is sort of uh, something that's been accused in Solomon columns? Uh, Accusations of Ukraine meddling um, actually predate uh, sort of Solomon talking about it. They mostly spring from a January 2017 political article headlined Ukrainian efforts to sabotage Trump backfire. It reported that Ukrainian government officials tried to help Hillary Clinton and undermine Trump by publicly questioning his fitness for office. And that Ukrainian-American operative, who was consulting for the Democratic National Committee, met with top uh, officials in the Ukrainian embassy in Washington in an effort to expose ties between Trump top campaign aide Paul Manafort and Russia. So that article mostly focuses on uh the Ukrainian American Democratic operative Alexandra Chalupa. Oh mm-hmm. yes, very Here tasty. She
1: Here she is, she's back. I love to she's eat She's a, a big spygate player. This is oh, like yeah. this yeah. is who Dan Bongino and all those guys, like they're 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 so convinced that that Chalupa is this like Fucking like insider operative, like for Hillary, who like ha- who like knew that there was dirt on on Manafort, and and basically set in motion the the steps uh, mm. l- ultimately leading to the United States launching an investigation into uh, uh, the Trump campaign.
2: Alexandra Lampshade investigates Grigor <laughs>
3: Krachevich <laughs> in the third edition of uh, "Kill Me." <laughs> So uh, Chalupa began looking into uh, Trump campaign official Paul Manafort's ties to Ukrainian politician Viktor Yagvanovich who uh, was president from 2010 to 2014. Uh, Chulupa was hired as a consultant to the Democratic National Committee during the 2016 campaign to help mobilize ethnic communities. This is apparently very relevant. She was not a sort of researcher. She wasn't an operative. She Mm -hmm. was designed to help. She was a get out the vote uh, Mm -hmm. operative. Mm -hmm. Uh, She left the DNC in July of 2016. She continued her research into Manafort on her own, sometimes with the help of Ukrainian embassy officials, and she said that she sometimes shared her findings with officials at the DNC and Clinton's campaign, but former Clinton campaign officials claimed that they never received information from Chalupa. So we have differing accounts on that particular matter. Uh, What those embassy officials did is unclear. Chalupa told Politico that officials at the Ukrainian embassy were helpful in providing guidance in response to her questions and that the embassy also worked with reporters researching Trump, Manafort and Russia. Uh, a top embassy official denied working with reporters or with Chalupa on issues related to Trump or Manafort, but a former embassy officer said that he was uh, instructed to help Chalupa with her research. This is, yeah. This, I, I, am sorry for this. <laughs> I know <laughs> this is like, this is like, oh, he said, she said, this said, this because this is, yeah, this is the info hellscape. This yeah, is the, this I mean,
1: is, but this is, is I mean. I mean what's so interesting about all this stuff is it's such a microcosmos of like the entire political conversation because everything that we get – are these kind of little half truths, or he said this one thing that then somebody else decided that that was a fact yeah. and based their new uh, sort of theory based on this thing that was could may have been true or not. Yeah. They've decided that this was a fact, and so what they're doing, what everybody is doing, is they're building. And maybe this is how it's always been, and 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 it's just and and it's just now been thrust out into the public because we have the internet, because we can look back and cross-reference it, because we can be. Citizen researchers, uh, you know, computer warriors, um, you know, now we're – I don't know where I was going with
2: that you know what you know, by, by, by the end of this episode I am done I'm all in on QAnon fuck it <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, that's it it's, it's, easier, it's easier better see Julian it's the it's only... more interesting <laughs> it's, it's more interesting the lore is better there, there's yeah. no uh, you were right Jake you were there's right there's a cooler end game <laughs> once
1: again you were right the end game is a little bit cooler um, yeah a lot bit cooler a lot bit cooler because it's a you know it's a, the overthrowing of a satanic government as opposed to like now the end game is like we go back to b- politicians fuck us over without us knowing about it, as opposed to politicians telling us they're going to fuck us over and then doing it.
2: Travis
3: views Tom Clancy's impeachment <laughs> proceedings. So DNC officials denied that they coordinated with Chalupa on opposition research, and she was not a researcher for the DNC, and the DNC did not incorporate her findings about Manafort, according to that political article. Uh, The DNC obviously had been looking into Trump and his ties to Russia long before Chalupa alerted them, not that it did them any good. Mm -hmm. Uh, Chalupa did work with some embassy officials. In fact, Solomon actually got an interesting statement from the Ukrainian embassy in Washington, and uh, here it is.
1: The embassy got to know Ms. Chalupa because of her engagement with Ukrainian and other diasporas in Washington, D.C., and not in her DNC capacity. We have learned about her DNC involvement later. Uh, We were surprised to see Alexandra's interest in Mr. Paul Manafort's case. Uh, It was her own cause. Uh, The embassy representatives unambiguously refused to get involved in any way uh, as we were convinced that this is strictly a US domestic matter. Uh, No documents related to Trump campaign or any individuals involved in the campaign have been passed to Ms. Chalupa or the DNC, neither from the embassy nor via the embassy. No documents exchanged and was even discussed. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the fucking Shakespeare like thou dost protest too much. Never at any point did we even lay eyes on this woman. (laughs) I swear to God. Uh, All ideas floated by Alexandria were related to approaching a member of Congress with a purpose to initiate hearings on Paul Manafort or letting an investigative journalist ask President Poroshenko a question about Mr. Manafort during his public talk in Washington D.C. We said no to all. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. (laughs) We did not touch. We do not Russia. Russia, you touch Russia. Russia, don't touch you.
3: Interestingly, uh, Senator Chuck Grassley sent a letter to the Department of Justice asking for an investigation into Ukrainian meddling in 2017 after that political article. Um, He also sent a follow-up letter to William Barr asking again for an investigation in September of 2019. And to date, there isn't really any evidence that Trump's Justice Department has responded or opened up an investigation into alleged Ukrainian interference or collusion. So if Ukrainian meddling is a big deal, then the DOJ isn't acting like it.
2: Let's talk about George Soros, guys, because this, you know, I need someone to blame for all of this. Can we please move
3: on to blaming somebody? Find that man, blame him. Fine, we'll get into George Soros. So so the evidence that Soros is the hidden hand in Ukraine mostly focuses on a Ukrainian group called the Anti-Corruption Action Center. In 2018, the (laughs) Anti-Corruption Action Center received roughly 17% of its funding through 2018 from Soros' Open Society Foundations. So, It's
2: just just good to rely on the money of the rich uh, to just fund everything, really. Let's just fund... Let's just let them keep accumulating and then they can put the money where they, you know, they're smart. They know how to spend. It's like Bill Gates. He knows how to spend that money. What do you mean a human being shouldn't have billions and
3: billions of dollars?
2: Let him spend it smartly with his big brain that they made a Netflix documentary about.
3: Yeah. So shortly before the prosecutor, Lysensko, took office, the prosecutor general's office was uh, investigating whether $4.4 million in U.S. aid had been misused by various recipients, including the Anti-Corruption Action Center. As Salman framed the issue in The Hill, the supposed do not prosecute list was an Obama administration effort to protect uh, the Anti-Corruption Action Center and therefore protect Soros.
5: Ah,
1: uh, so, um, He needs an aura of protection.
3: (laughs) The State Department official George Kent told the prosecutor general's office in a letter that the United States wasn't worried that his grant money had been misused and didn't see any grounds for the investigation of the anti-corruption action center. So Solomon portrayed Kent's letter uh, to the U.S. embassy as meddling in Ukrainian law enforcement matters. But Kent dismissed this view in a closed door testimony to Congress last month, Uh, the probe into the Anti-Corruption Action Center was later dropped due to lack of evidence. Uh, There's also references by Solomon to a so-called Black Ledger, which listed secret payments to Manafort for off-the-books consulting work related to Ukraine. He implied that the Black Ledger was fake as part of some sort of smear campaign to hurt Manafort and therefore Trump. But parts of it have been verified by the Associated Press and other outlets. Also, uh, during Manafort's trial, um, his defense attorneys never claimed that this this, this ledger was fake, which was, seems to be hmm. a good defense if uh, if, he, if he was not if he was innocent yeah. of these sorts of these sorts of things. Right. Uh, some have also tried to connect the release of the black ledger to the anti-corruption action center. But that organization did not produce the information, and they weren't responsible for publicizing the document. That was the work of the director of National Anti-Corruption Bureau of Ukraine, Artem Sintik, and a former member of the Ukrainian parliament, Serhiy Lysensko. And uh, Lysensko wrote this in the column uh, for The Washington Post.
1: My desire to expose Manafort's doings was motivated by the desire for justice. Neither Hillary Clinton nor Joe Biden nor John Podesta nor George Soros asked me to publish the information from the black ledger.
2: The real black ledger is the Epstein ledger. Do not forget Epstein.
3: <laughs> so, but this kind of leaves us with with a question. So, how did John Solomon get all these sources and information? Well, it turns out that Solomon has a source very close to Trump, Rudy Giuliani. Yes, that's right. The wellspring of John Solomon's columns on Ukraine is America's mayor himself. So what happened was that Giuliani did his own personal investigation to dig up dirt on Biden and find evidence of Ukrainian collusion with Democrats. Uh, the results of those efforts uh, uh, was put into a packet of documents and interviews. In March, Giuliani sent that packet to both the State Department and John Solomon. Giuliani said that he received a phone call shortly thereafter from Secretary of State Pompeo who told Giuliani that he would refer the documents for investigation. Um, the only reason that we know about this packet is that, is that the, the copy that Giuliani sent to the State Department was eventually given to Congress as part of the impeachment inquiry, and of course it was leaked to various media organizations. Mm-hmm. Earlier this week, Giuliani actually talked about pushing Solomon to uh, push out that information on Glenn Beck's show. I went to John Solomon, and
1: John had been working on it before me, Yes, and I said to John, I think you should take the lead. And we should put this all in the newspapers, because if I go to the Justice Department now, they're going to say Trump is forcing the Justice Department to do it. Yeah. Let's put the darn thing out and let's see if any of these crooked media people will follow up on a proven case of bribery.
3: Also in March, the same month that Giuliani sent that packet, Solomon began publishing uh, dozens of columns over the course of the next several months aimed at discrediting the Russia investigation and negatively tying the Democrats to Ukraine. Uh, The first column was called as Russia Collusion Phase, Ukrainian Plot to Help Clinton Emerges. Uh, According to a memo obtained by Politico, the Hill's editor-in-chief has announced a review of John Solomon's work.
2: Because of our dedication to accurate, nonpartisan reporting and standards, we are reviewing, updating, annotating, and when appropriate, correcting any opinion pieces referenced during the ongoing congressional inquiry.
3: Here's my broad theory about how this whole shit show went down. So um, so Rudy, he went to find dirt on Biden and discredit the Russian investigation so Trump can win re-election and maybe pardon everyone who got slapped with a felony conviction because of Mueller, like Manafort mm-hmm. and Stone, for example. Right. So Rudy, uh, with assistance from his corrupt friend Lev Parnas, digs up what he can, sends that information to Secretary of State Pompeo so the White House can act on it, but also John Solomon so Solomon can get those claims circulating in the media. Mm-hmm. John Solomon then appears on Fox News to push, push those claims from Rudy's packet, and since tr- Trump is a Fox News grandpa, he gets red-pilled while watching Solomon on handy spewing the bullshit information that Giuliani circulated trying to help Trump. And so the circle of brainworms is complete. They're all pilling each other okay? yeah. because
1: because Rudy's getting that shit from what what the originally and I know because I was fucking tracking this shit in the chans. what this <laughs> what this really started was is is that it yeah. it it came from the distrust in Ukraine and I I believe I'm right here came from uh, the idea that Christopher Steele's uh, dossier that a lot of the information that he got from there was from Ukrainian officials who were, y- you know, uh, uh, I don't know if, if if any of that's true or not, but that was the initial, was the initial, oh, well the DNC is colluding with Ukraine because they're paying for, you know, they're paying for essentially opposition resource that's from, that's from a foreign government. Uh, they claimed that because Crowdst- CrowdStrike, the company that analyzed the server and sent... Uh, and uh, it, it sent its analysis over to the intelligence communities. Uh, the the owner uh, had a a rush. It was you, maybe uh, he's an American, but he was like Ukrainian born, or had a Ukrainian name, or had family in there. <laughs> and so it's just like they're all they're all like Giuliani's getting little pieces of this because he's going on the Donald. I'm swear to God, this <laughs> think, is what I think happens. I think these guys have no place to fucking hang because everybody hates them. So when they want to surf, they go to the Donald or they go to Breitbart or wh- and they pick up the little pieces of misinformation they go oh well maybe there is something to that they get pilled on their own shit but instead but because they're not a fucking internet researcher and they actually have government resources and money on them they actually go and try to find this yeah. shit they find half truth stuff that they
2: could twist and maybe say and they pill somebody else who then pills somebody else yes and we just, just they're just tadpoles floating in the tepid shitty stagnant pool of information that we have like literally old white men pissing into from the fucking side celebrity yeah. politicians they're just like us <laughs> they're also drinking the piss of each other
1: it's just oh god what a fucking it is it's
3: exhausting
1: it, it's exhausting because like
3: because oh. like it really I think that we're all just kind of like us as the sort of like info consumer, we're all just sort of like pawns in sort of the info wars between giant governments and giant media corporations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And the, like the almost like part of the goal <laughs> is just to just bombard our senses until everything's white noise. But in totally. a way QAnon is, is,
2: is right. Uh, because if you know, as consumers, we can potentially pill a dumbass politician because they're all just trawling online as well. Right. I mean, so, evidence right. Yeah. the make problem it, is make that it. the way, the way we pill, the politicians is based on like older bullshit that we were fed by the system in the first place. So now the system is just drinking its own reheated piss from like <laughs> years ago. It's awesome. Yeah, it's it's like filtering it through
1: like a like a snake skin. On a on okay. a small raft,
2: definitely a thing. And then and small raft, hmm. yeah, because okay. the snakeskin can. You have a snakeskin out in the middle of the ocean on a raft, and then you okay, you, and then you
1: pick up the glass of filtered piss and you drink a it. Gla-
2: you have a glass. You just have a glass a out cup. There. Oh, a nice cup. And then <laughs> and oh, then how convenient. And then and then <laughs> you continue the search for dry land. How convenient. May- you open the mini bar and
1: <laughs> <laughs> maybe there's a girl. Maybe there's a girl with a map okay. tattooed on her back.
2: Wow, leading okay. you, to
1: leading you to dry land.
2: Incredible! You have a girl on the raft. Yeah. Maybe you've
1: even adapted and you have gills, yeah. uh, allowing you
2: to swim underwater. I'm gonna ride you like a raft, <laughs> and I'm gonna leave you out there. Okay, I like it.
3: You know, there was a there was a poll uh, released just last month from uh, the what was it the. Firm USA Facts, and it found that forty-seven percent of Americans believe it's difficult to know whether the information they encounter is true. <laughs> and about sixty percent of Americans say that they regularly see conflicting reports about the same set of facts from different sources. Bizarre. <laughs> it's, yeah. So this is a hey, this is a this is a problem. I don't know what the solution is, but yeah, it's it's bad. I don't know. It's like is I spent I spent an incredible amount of time. And like John Solomon is very difficult to fact check because like the shit that he writes isn't. Inaccurate, like he, yeah. like the, the he reports things that are true, but again, he he, you have to like do extra research in order to put it in proper context to like understand that, it, yeah, to understand it. Like no who has the time to do that? Yeah. Like, like I, yeah, I wasted days on this bullshit I'm sure I'm yeah. sure because you go you see a claim
1: and then you go oh okay I'll check that and then you read and then you find two other articles where one person says the claim is true another person says the claim is true but with this caveat and then another person says it never happened at all and it's just like this is why I fu- this is why I'm gonna take a little minute here oh my god this is why Golf king this is why I fucking can't stand Seth Abramson let's oh let's get god. right to Again? it
2: Still this is this why guy? I can't stand
1: because he. We're pers- sick of
2: hearing of your ex.
1: I know, I know. I'm I'm sick of hearing it too. I hate myself. I hate my. I hate <laughs> that I have an alt where I go and I just look yeah. at this shit uh-huh. and it fuels the rage. But this is what drives me nuts is because he's like, well, he's like, I, I'm the best because all my fact checking is from uh, mainstream media report or all my fact, all of it. And I'm like, but dude, you're, you're essentially creating a narrative off uh, articles that we have no idea if they're real. Like you're creating, that's like me saying, um, Julian, uh, Julian and Travis are in a domestic partnership. OK. And then somebody comes. We are. And then somebody comes along and then somebody comes along and says, well, Travis is the dad in the domestic partnership. Right. That's true. And and. Oh,
2: well, you're I guess the child. <laughs> <laughs> you're just describing your parents, Jake. Uh, well, and it's a beautiful day. You know, um... <laughs> Thank you for calling us mom and dad, finally. Well, <laughs>
1: hold on. <laughs> but then somebody goes and says, you know, oh, well, uh, yeah. I think Ju- I'm going to write an article that says Julian's the dad. And then somebody goes and writes a theory uh, based on the fact okay. that you're the dad when you're really not, are and we you still, never were.
2: Are we still on the raft,
1: or...? Where are we? No, we found <laughs> land at this point. Okay. Yeah,
2: good, good. This is good. But this it just, is good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it sucks.
1: I mean, every time I read something, I'm like, that sounds like it could be interesting. I have no idea how yeah. to
2: know if any of this is real. That's why you should only read QMap.pub. Only and exclusively. I agree. I
1: told you a year and a half ago, yes, I said, dude, you're I'm all in. all in. I'm all but in you, on QAnon. At the
2: time, you were all in because you enjoyed the information. But I'm all in because I'm tired. Yeah. You know what? I'm fucking tired. <laughs> they won. They finally, they, they worked won. us down enough. Put it, put that it in we're my ready. mouth. Yeah, put I'm the, ready. Put the pacifier in my mouth. I'll take qmap.pub pacifier. I'll stuff it in my gullet. Yeah. I'll shut the fuck up and yes. I'll suck. Uh, yeah, qmap.pub, please. Put me
1: in diapers, feed me, absolutely uh, feed me
2: from a warm bottle, Mama. Uh,
1: uh, it's yeah. it's Cue better. Mama. It Cue is
2: Mama pub.
1: I guess it's more exciting uh, to see uh, political enemies executed in Guantanamo Bay than it is to just uh, question what's real or not. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, saying it's, anyone
2: it's, listed it, in any of these things, just execute all of them, <laughs> so we don't have to hear about this, this stuff anymore. Thing. All
3: right. Well, I'm just saying. All right, I could get on board with that. I hear what you're saying. There we go. See. All yeah. right. See, mm-hmm. Travis is
2: only ever on board when I call for the death of everybody because he's such a profound nihilist that that (laughs) finally aligns with his level of anger. Yeah, Yeah, it'll be like fucking Lord (laughs) of the Flies, and we'll we'll sit around this table, we'll pass a conch around. Yeah, Travis is just pissed off that the genocide is targeted when
1: I do (laughs) it. Yeah, yeah.
3: (laughs) Yes, Come on now. Equal opportunity. Just just everyone.
1: Equal executions. Yeah, we'll have to take off and nuke it from space. It's the only way to be sure. (laughs) The only
3: way. It's the only way to be sure. Uh, Yeah, honestly, my big beef with QAnon is that Trump is spared. Yeah, 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 exactly. (laughs) Let's
2: get get an orbital weapon. Let's put a QMap.pub decal on it and let's nuke ourselves. There could be a day where they turn on Daddy Trump
1: and and that they believe that the real, you know, that it's like it's been
2: Flynn all along and,
1: and actually Trump was manipulating. Manipulated by that they had this on him. I mean, who knows? There's so many plot twists. It
2: could go fucking anywhere. Beautiful stuff. Um, (sighs) Hmm. Go on, f- Travis. F- Go on, Travis. You got to keep going because otherwise yeah. we're going to get mired up in this fucking. How endless... long is this episode? I
1: you know it's, it's never going to end. It's, it's never going to end. end. Sorry, you know two-hour episode. I think,
3: listen, <laughs> I have said my hard. bit, but I think that I think that we actually we have a, uh, a, a a exclusive on QAnon Anonymous. We have an unpublished column from John Solomon himself Holy that you've shit. acquired, you Jake. Know, how did feels, you? How do you
2: keep finding lost stuff like it this? It
3: feels
1: redundant at this point after all of the stu- uh, All of the stuff, but like. Yeah, this was an article I found on the Wayback Machine. Hill had published it for like a couple of seconds before clearly they had like oh. the foresight to take you know to take it down. And um, mm. Mm. but I did I got screen grabs of it. It's Incredible. pretty
2: interesting. Um, yeah, I can verify. It looks like a screen grab what he has here in the document. So <laughs> it, it has to be. Yeah, you know? I mean, it's, I don't until they develop a way to fake these. I it has to be true.
1: Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I've got this. I'll read this 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 kind of lost
5: mm-hmm.
1: John Solomon article for you guys, because I think it's pretty interesting.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: <clears throat> uh, so the headline is, uh, New Findings Indicate DNC Collusion Was an Interdimensional Scandal. Oh, shit. Um, it's by John Solomon, 101519. Uh, Views expressed by contributors are their own and not the view of the hill. Uh, so here we go. <clears throat> it now appears more than ever the vast lengths to which Hillary Clinton and the DNC went to prevent Donald Trump from becoming the 45th president of the United States. Archaeologists working in the Giza desert have uncovered ancient hieroglyphics that suggest to Clinton and her staff part of a massive plot that spanned thousands of years and stretched halfway across the globe. This isn't the first time Clinton and her team have been implicated in potential criminal activity in an effort to undermine then-candidate Donald Trump's 2016 presidential campaign. She and the DNC have been accused by both the president and high-ranking members of his administration to have worked alongside Ukrainian officials to unearth damning information on members of Mr. Trump's campaign team. However, with this new information coming to light, it now seems Hillary Clinton also may have colluded with an ancient Egyptian race to make sure that large amounts of dirt on then-unborn candidate Donald Trump trickled down for generations in an effort to rig the 2016 election. Early yesterday morning, two archaeologists on an unrelated dig discovered what some are calling the lost tomb. In it, they claim, are never-before-seen hieroglyphs that could present a problem for Clinton and the DNC in Inspector General Horowitz's forthcoming report. Uh, although the father-and-son team didn't give their names, they were more than willing to talk about both this discovery and other unrelated discoveries. Damn. They claimed that seven months ago, their internet provider had accidentally <laughs> upgraded their <laughs> connection speeds. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> They claimed that seven months ago their internet provider had accidentally <laughs> upgraded their connection speed to well over the standard 100 megabytes per second. The two archaeologists explained that after experiencing unprecedented download speeds they had embarked on an exposition to unearth ancient giants from the Giza desert and stumbled upon the tomb by mistake. Yeah. In an interview they expressed to me that they believe a giant had been guarding this particular tomb and suspect a team of less than 10 highly trained operatives defeated him in an effort to gain access to the secrets and potential powers of the tomb yeah congressman devin nunes has called on the house to subpoena both hillary clinton as well as former campaign chair debbie Wasserman schultz to find out exactly how crude renditions of both women ended up painted in a forgotten tomb sealed for thousands and thousands of years yeah Uh, Pictures from inside the tomb reveal various anti-Trump retail products such as an oversized balloon depicting the president as a large fussy child uh, and bathroom tissue with the president's (laughs) face printed on it. Uh, While Democrats have argued that the items uh, could have easily been placed at the scene and that time travel isn't possible yet, the senior archaeologists suggested a different theory that the DNC brought these items through some type of Stargate thousands of years into the past to begin a vicious smear campaign spanning the centuries leading up to the 2016 election. Uh, He went on to say that the Democrats had been traveling back in time over and over again, (laughs) uh, trying to change the results of the fateful election, but much to their disappointment, they've continued to fail every single time. The man suggests that enlisting the help of a mighty pharaoh seemed to be a last ditch effort by the Democrats to either erase Donald Trump from our current timeline completely, or at the very least, hope that centuries of bad PR would be enough to sway independent voters. Earlier this afternoon, Senator Lindsey Graham called upon past and current members of the DNC to testify before the Senate regarding whether any of their actions while traveling through time had any repercussions on this particular timeline. Sources familiar with the matter say Graham is also seeking testimony from a reptilian named Bargolith.
2: Who's. <laughs> Who's.
1: <laughs> Who some say who some say is prepared to testify that a volunteer staffer is responsible for starting a chain of quote grave events in Bargoleth's Dimensions timeline. Republicans were quick to blame tragedies like 9-11, Pearl Harbor, and the Northridge earthquake on careless DNC staffers who may have accidentally moved something or touched an animal they weren't supposed to, thus disrupting the timeline indefinitely. The story has spread like wildfire to the internet message boards, where some users are claiming certain members of the DNC set up shop at various places throughout history, forming a multi-dimensional deep state that had potential influence at significant moments in our history as a species. While there isn't a lot of evidence to support many of their claims, uh, believers are adamant that they've spotted members of Clinton's campaign team in old newspapers, history books, and even as background in old films. Uh, Further investigation seemed to partially verify that a man bearing a striking resemblance to Tony Podesta could be seen on the steps of the famous scene of Battleship Potemkin. There's been fervent discussion over where the Democrats' sophisticated technology comes from. Various groups on the message boards believe that secret military weaponry is involved, while others believe the technology comes from a friendly alien species. However, the senior archaeologist explained passionately to me that in reality, it was the Democrats' access to incredibly high-speed Internet that has allowed them to transcend time and space. Uh, He admitted that he and his boy had received a tiny taste of what the wealthy elite must have access to on an exponential level, and it, quote, expanded my mind in ways we had never imagined. <laughs> According to his theory, when surfing the World Wide Web at unhindered speeds, the users were able to see all knowledge as it exists at once, <laughs> therefore allowing them to pinpoint specific reference points throughout all known existence. As of this writing, the father-son team was getting very slow bandwidth, both within the tomb itself as well as in their home. Uh, Both the archaeologists who made the initial discovery said that as of this point, neither has gained any sort of special abilities from entering the lost tomb. And while they admit they are disappointed, they are happy to be contributing to the inevitable downfall of the Democratic National Committee.
2: Incredible stuff, man. uh,
1: John Solomon is an
2: award-winning investigative journalist. Yeah, 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 we we don't care. We don't care about his stupid career yeah so fascinating uh, yeah, stuff i can see why stunning. they kind of dropped
1: i th- i can yeah. see why they dropped it probably my but. god
3: i mean yeah i mean the, you think that maybe actually the uh time traveling dnc might have had a hand in squashing this this is incredible yeah
1: stuff. who's to know that they're not manipulating this timeline even yeah. as we speak right now
2: yeah mm. i feel like i've seen i can see some echoes whispering of the in julian's
1: ear to kick me off of the show and replace me with with somebody uh of Of higher social media
2: worth. Get rid of him, boy. He's useless. He's useless. He's useless, boy. Useless. I've discovered the (laughs) cop. He's drinking his own urine again, boy. On a raft. You've been listening to the QAnon Anonymous podcast. If you like the show, you can support us and get a second weekly episode for just five bucks a month. This will also get you access to our archive of premium episodes. We do not run any advertising and we want to keep it that way. So head to patreon.com slash QAnon Anonymous and subscribe. Thank you so much for doing that. Um, you should also come and watch our first live show in Los Angeles on Saturday, February 8th. Tickets are available at tickets.qanonanonymous.com. You can join us to chat and hang out with listeners at discord.qanonanonymous.com, and you can get t-shirts, mugs, uh, including one with JFK Jr. and a uh, LGBTQ deep state one. Uh, all of that stuff is available at merch.qanonanonymous.com. Lish that. Until next week, may the deep dish bless you and keep you.
0: It's not a conspiracy. Yeah, it's fact. And now today's auto cue.
5: When the true value of a people's children is reduced to their access to the capital and credit controlled by their parents and the communities who value their children instead as their our only chance for an afterlife, the people are deprived of their our afterlife. I return to the doomsday scenario of Samuel Scheffler. Quote, if by the afterlife, he writes, we mean the continuation of human life on Earth after our own deaths, then it seems difficult to avoid the conclusion that in some significant respects, the existence of the afterlife matters more to us than our own continued existence. Unlike Morrison's enslaved mother Sete, who knowingly sacrificed her child to save her from enslavement, we have unknowingly sacrificed our children in order to feed Moloch, the god of capitalism, the god that Allen Ginsberg in his apocalyptic poem howl, wails, and rails against. Moloch whose mind is pure machinery, Moloch whose blood is running money. Though we didn't see it when it first began, or even now when it has gone on for generations, we have been left with a fading afterimage, a subconscious awareness of having sacrificed our children, which in turn has led us to guilt, denial, then an overprotective mania colored and compounded by sexual hysteria. Having sold off our only chance at immortality, we as a people, a species-wide family, are left with a subconscious awareness of having abandoned our children, generating guilt, denial, and then transference states of mind easily manipulated and exploited by the priests who run the consumer economy, leading us to overprotect our children against random violence, sexual predation, accident, and fate, as if to preserve them, and eventually their children and grandchildren as well, not for our afterlife, but for the permanent ongoing use of Moloch, the god of
0: capitalism.